All right, Joe, I'll say good morning. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors. For the month of Shabbat, the Elbaum family for dedicating all the Shirin Rashos this month. For the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Koppel, Ben Avram Menachem, to thank Bracha Shimber for dedicating all the Shirin Rashos this month in memory of her husband, Avi Avram, Ben Kalman Eliezer Halib. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. Just to make sure that I didn't. Uh... Good, perfect. All right, to both sides. It's a beautiful daf. A really incredible daf ahead of us today. So we today's daf is pay bays eighty two. A lot of good halacha, a lot of good tumah. It's always good tumah. I've yet to meet the bad piece of tumah. So the gemara says as follows. So we're we're picking up eighty one b at gufa. It's about uh, it's about. Uh, uh, to, uh, you see where Tosas Hamotzi is? Hamotzi Mace. So it's right across in the Gemara. They're about uh, four lines down. So Gufa, right at the two dots. Gufa. Well, so we referenced this case in yesterday's daf. Hamotzi Mace Mushka of Lerach Bo So we'll say if a person finds a corpse and the corpse is lying across the width of the road. Now remember, we're talking about a corpse that is buried. This is Tumas Hatahom that we're referring to. So I walk across the road, I find that there is a corpse, or afterwards, after I cross, I find that there was a corpse that was buried there. So what's the halacha, Bosei? What's the halacha? The Truma Tomei, the Nazir Tar. For Truma purposes, I am Tomei, but for Nazir and Pesach purposes, I am Tar. So again, Bosei, we saw this yesterday, because remember again, there is no such thing as Tumas Hatahom by Truma. Concept doesn't exist. So therefore, it turns out for Truma purposes, I walked over a corpse. Okay, true, it was unknowing. I, I, didn't, I didn't know it was going to happen, but Lamaisa, I did it. And therefore, ultimately, I am Chayev. When I say Chayev, I am Tomei. But however, for Nazir, right? When we speak about the case of Nazir, the case of Nazir is a person who was a Nazir, is coming in contact with Tumah. So the Shaila is, does that Tumah exposure end his Nedir Nazirus? And for carbon Pesach purposes, they are exempt from, or I should say, Tumas to home does not impact them. Tumas doesn't impact them. Beautiful. So that was yesterday. So the Gemara says, when is this so? When is this so? Second. When... When is this so? The Gemara says, This is only so say if the corpse was arranged across the width of the road, the width of the road, in a way, in a way that halacha you cannot have gotten past it. In other words, both like this is talking about where mamish the road is is so narrow, essentially, or so so yeah, so narrow that the corpse mamish goes across the entire width. So there was no way if you were on that road that you did not pass over the corpse. About yeshmakom lavar, but halacha lamaisa again, if the road was wide enough that you could have gone ahead and passed by the corpse without walking over it. After Chuma Tar, then ultimately, again, for Chuma purposes, you also Tar, which again, very intuitive, very intuitive. Furthermore, Furthermore, when is the corpse metame you for Chuma purposes? That's only if you found the corpse fully intact. But if the corpse is broken or the corpse is in pieces, Tahar, Shema Bena Prakim Avar. Then we'll say ultimately it'll be Tar. Why? Because it's possible that you walked in between the pieces. In other words, we'll both say, the only time, essentially what the Gemara is saying is, the only time that we're going to declare you Tameh for Truma purposes is when, is when there's absolutely no way that you did not 
come in contact with that corpse in some way, shape, or form. But if there's a way, if there's a possibility that somehow you passed over the corpse without coming in contact with it, we won't make you tummy. Ubekever, however, again, if the corpse itself was found inside of a grave, then even if the body is broken or in pieces, the kever, a grave itself, a formal grave itself, goes ahead and combines the corpse into one unit. When is this so? Furthermore, again, this is only true if you are traveling by foot. Aval, ta'un, o rachov, o rachov, but I will say if you're carrying a load, or for that matter, again, you're riding in a wagon, Tame, you're automatically Tame, why? Because we'll say, if you're just stam walking, in other words, not in a wagon and not with a load, it's possible that you, if the body is in pieces, that you walked around it. But if you're carrying a, a burden, right? You're carrying a, a, yeah, a burden, right? Or you're in a wagon. See, we'll say, see, what's the common denominator between a wagon and a burden? So remember, the area, the area is much wider than you, right? If you're carrying a burden, the assumption is it's not a little backpack, but rather, again, it's a piece that extends on each side of you, which means that by definition, even if you were careful somehow to avoid walking over the corpse, the, 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 the pack that is on you was mahil, definitely went over the corpse. And every time you see thing in a wagon, if you pass over a corpse in a wagon, the wagon, the, the entire area of the wagon has the ability to form an ohel for Tomas ohel. Furthermore, when is this so? Ultimately, furthermore, again, when do we say that for Nazir and Pesach purposes, you're not Tomei? That's only for Tumas Hatzahom. But in regular Tuma, Halacha say you would be Tomei. Now, I'll say, here's what's amazing. Now we come to the end of the Sugya of Tahom, Tumas Tahom, and now we get a definition. By the way, the Gemara says, Ve'ezuhi Tumas Hatzahom. Isn't this great? Right? So now, by the way, what is Tumas Hatzahom? What, what, what is it? Kol Shalo Hikir Ba Echad Besof Ha'olam. Well, say Tumas Hatzahom is the type of Tuma that no one knew about. No one in the entire world knew about it. But if someone knew about it, that's not called Tumas Tahom. So the Gemara gives examples. If you found the body hidden, hidden in straw, in dirt, or in pebbles, in rocks, so that's Tumas Tahom. Because we'll say again, remember, there's no foreseeable way that you would have assumed that you're going to find body, a body in a, in a pile of straw. Or for that matter, again, under a pile of rocks. However, But if you find body, if you find the body in water, or in darkness, or in the clefts of a rock, that's not Tumas Tahom. Because I will say, remember again, that's the type of situation where you could have seen the body. In other words, in the case of the straw, the earth, the stones, you could walk right over it and never really see it. But the truth is, in water, darkness, cleft of Iraq, you should be able to observe that. Therefore, it's not Tumas HaTahom. Below Amru Tumas HaTahom, Elalamei Spilva. So we'll say, so therefore the Gemara says essentially is, there's three parts to the, de- what is Tumas HaTahom? Three parts to the definition. Number one, let's go a little bit out of water. Number one, it only applies to, well, number one, it's a corpse, it's a corpse that a person cannot have reasonably seen. There was no way that I could have reasonably seen it. That, that's, and that's the examples that the Gemara gives. In a pile of straw, in a pile of dirt, in a pile of rocks. I cannot reasonably foreseen it. Number two, no one knows about it. 
which kind they kind of go hand in hand. No one knows about it. And number three, it only applies to Tumas Mace. So I will say, interestingly enough, as we close out this sugi of Tumas Tahom, so the Ramam actually discusses this. And the Ramam and Hilchos Naziros, Perek Vav, chapter 6. Chapter 6, Halacha Yud Chasen Yotes says as follows. Ezui Tumas Tahom. Tumas is really fascinating. So I want to point out, this is brought down in Hilchos Naziros, because remember again, Tumas Tahom is daf, it's fascinating. It's only a din in Nazir and Pesach. It doesn't apply to any other area of halacha. Remember, again, for all other hilchos tuma, tumas atom. So if I walk over a corpse that's buried in a pile of straw, no way to know about it. No one knows about it. Again, I'm still tummy for truma, tummy for the base I make, dashna for everything else. It's dafka only for nazilus and for pesach. So easy tumas atom. What is here? What's tumas atom? A person doesn't know about it. Now, both say, now you ask yourself, how do you know that? No one in the world knows about this tumah. So obviously what the Ramam saying is that the body is there in a way that it's reasonable to say no one knows about this. Right? You, you find, uh, you know, they just had this, uh, this, this avalanche in the, in the Himalayas, right? So, you know, you, 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 you know years later, you, you find the body buried underneath uh, piles of... It, nobody, it's, nobody would know, reasonably, nobody would know about it. So the Gemara says, so the Ramam says, Velo Amr Tumas Tahom, El Lameis Bilvag, Aval Haruglo, Shahare Yodea Boze Shaharagud. This is great. I mean, not great. Tumas Tahom doesn't apply to someone who was murdered. Right? Let's say you find a person who was killed, you find them under the Palestinians. We'll say, why doesn't it apply to someone who was murdered? Says the Ramam, why not? Someone knows. Who knows? The guy who killed him, right? I have no need to smile about this, but you understand. It's, it's an interesting idea. So, like, so the Rambam says, Tumas Tom Dafka only applies, not only to a Tumas Mace, to, to someone who died, but it must be someone who kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, died of natural causes, and somehow the body was just hidden. But again, if somebody was murdered, Tumas Atahom does not apply. The Rambam goes weiter. He says, Nimza Mace Galoi Ainza Tumas Atahom. Okay, so then he goes, he goes and he gives the examples of what it means if the body is revealed, if the body is hidden, so on and so forth. Good. Bozai, that is the sugya of Tumas Hatahom. Shkoyach. Says the Mishnah. Nitma Shalim Oruba. We'll say another fascinating case. Let's say the carbon Pesach. Again, we're still with Tuma. The carbon Pesach, the entire Pesach became Tame. So we'll say whatever, whatever the Metzias is. Right? So this is where, remember, you've gone ahead, you've gone ahead, you shechted your Pesach, and let's say now the Pesach becomes Tame. Okay, so now you can't eat it. Or Orubo, or the majority of the Pesach became Tame. So you burn, you have to burn the Pesach. You, you burn it in the Pesach Mikdash. Lifnea Bira. I will say Rashi points out over here that, uh, oh no, no Rashi, yeah, sorry, sorry. So Bira, I will say, uh, yeah, Rashi, well, we'll go first time. So Bira just means the base of Mikdash. We'll see. It really means the courtyard of the base of Mikdash, or even on Harabayas. So you go ahead and you burn it by the base of Mikdash, and you use wood of the pyre in the base of Mikdash to go ahead and to go ahead and burn the, the, the remnants of the karma. Nifma Mikuto. However, again, if only a little part of the Pesach became Tame, or Vahanosar, or I say, let's say nothing became Tame, but Alochalamaisi, you had left over from the carbon Pesach, you didn't finish all carbon. That's called Nosar. Sarfin Oso Bechatsaro Sehen, O Al Gago Sehen. So, this is very interesting. If a small part of the carbon 
became Tame, or no Sar, you don't have to bring that back to the Beis HaMikdash to go ahead and burn it. Rather, you burn it wherever you are. You burn it in your backyard, you burn it on your rooftop, in Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim, because that's where you have to eat carbon Pesach. And ultimately, again, you use your own wood. So we'll say, so an interesting halacha, if the majority or the entire Karim Pesach becomes Tame, you burn it by the Mikdash with wood of the Mikdash. If a small part of your carbon becomes Tame, or your nose, or your leftover from the Karim Pesach, you burn that by your house in Yerushalayim with your own wood. Listen to this. Hatsikinin, the Tzachanavosa means the misers. The cheap people who didn't want to use their own wood would bring their nosar and would bring even a small part of their carbon, which became tamay, to the Beis HaMikdash to burn it there. Why? Why schlep it there? Because it was ultimately, again, because they didn't want to use their own wood. Because the good part is, if you bring it to the base of Mikdash, you could use base on Mikdash wood. If you burn it by your house, you have to use your own wood. Good, we'll analyze. Says the Gimara, my time says the Gimara, what's the reason for this? Why is it that if the entire carbon becomes tame, that halach so we burn it in the base of Mikdash? What's the reason? This is incredible. Because we'll say we want to embarrass the owners of the carbon Pesach. Now we'll say, now what's the pshat? We assume that if someone's entire Karim Pesach became Tameh, that means they weren't vigilant with it. And so there's some, there's Karim Pesach shaming that goes on over here. So we go ahead and we make them burn it in the Beis HaMikdash, which is a pretty public spectacle, especially in Erev Pesach, when everyone else is preparing their Pesach. This, this Chabura now is burning their Pesach to shame them. You weren't careful. You weren't careful. And there's no better way to get people to be vigilant and careful than with the threat or with the fear of shaming. Says the Gemar, Nitma Mi'uto. However, again, if only a small part of the carbon became Tameh, you go ahead and you burn it in your home or on your rooftop. Says the Gemara, or Minhu, is that true? We saw this before. Let's say that you, you left Yerushalayim and you realized you have some sacrificial meat with you. Now remember, so you can't eat any sacrificial meat, right? Kachim kadashim have to be consumed within the precincts of the Beis HaMikdash. Kachim kalim have to be consumed within the walls of Yerushalayim. Here, you left Yerushalayim, and you realize you have some shlamim meat with you, whatever, some sacrificial meat with you. So what do you do? So the Gemara says, Im avar sofim sarfam komo. If you already passed sofim, which was a place outside Yerushalayim, then ultimately, again, you burn it where you are. You don't have to go back. However, if you're closer, in other words, if you're closer to Yerushalayim, then what? Top of Pebez. You go ahead and you bring it back to the base of Mikdash and you burn it with the, you burn it with the wood of the base of Mikdash. Now, what do you see from this case? This is a case where what are you leaving Yerushalayim with? Only a very small amount of meat, right? This could just be a little bit of meat. And yet even for a little bit of meat, what do you have to do? You have to bring it back to the base of Mikdash and burn it there. Does this not contradict the Mishnah? Our Mishnah said, if only a small part of your carbon Pesach became Tameh, where do you dispose of it? Right? Where do you dispose of it? You dispose of it in your home. Right by your rooftop, ultimately again in your home, and yet here we're seeing the halacha lamais. You have to go back to the base of Mikdash. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, "This is incredible." We'll say it depends who we're talking about. One is talking about an achsenoi, a visitor, and one is talking about a balabas who lives there. So we'll say so. Remember again, the achsenoi 
doesn't have wood. He's a traveler. He's a visitor. He doesn't have any wood of his own. So for him, we tell him, go back to the base of Mikdash. But if someone is a Balabas, which is what the Mishnah is talking about, you have a home in Yerushalayim. You have a home in Yerushalayim. So then ultimately, again, burn the mute by your own home. Rav Papa Amar, no. Hav Hav Both cases are talking about a visitor. Kan shehechzik baderech. Kan shelohechzik baderech. One is talking about, again, I will say, we're halacha lamaisal. You already really, again, you, means you're established in your traveling. You're already into your journey. So if you're already into your journey, we don't make you go ahead and Rashi says, right? So if you're already, if you're already traveling, we don't make you go ahead and you find wood. But if you haven't been machsik in the derech, you have to find your own wood. Says Rav Zavid Amar, no. Rav Zavid rejects Rav Papa. And likes Rav Chama Bar Okva. That halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa. We make a distinction between achsenoi and abalabas. Our Mishnah, which says that if a small part of your carbon pesach became tamei, you should burn it in your home, is referring to a case where what you have a home. You have a home. You're a Balabas. You have a home in Yerushalayim. So if a small part of your carbon pesach became tamei, don't bring it to the base of Just burn it at home. The Braisa that we just quoted over here that said that Allah if you left Yushalayim with sacrificial meat, you're not too far out, you have to come back and burn it by the base Amikdash, is talking about a traveler. So a traveler doesn't have his own wood. So therefore we just tell them, all right, go back to the base Amikdash and burn your sacrificial burn burn the sacrificial meat in the base Amikdash. So Rav Zavid, Amrili Ol Kidarame Kara, Kam Baksan Kamabalabais. The Afagaptal Hirsik Baderech, Achzinoi, and even though the Achzinoi Ultimately, again, is not firmly right. Is not firmly embedded in the journey. hasn't hasn't gone too far. Kevan the less lay asu Since he doesn't have wood, Chazal essentially made him like the miser. Well, second, like, what did we see about the misers? This nan had sakinin sarfin also if neabira bishvile hanos me atzeha Ultimately, again, the misers Rabbi would always learn. Would always burn their leftover carbon pesach. In front of the base or by the base of why? Because they didn't want to go ahead and use their own wood. So both say, so it comes out as as follows. The way we're going to accept Rav, Rav, Rav Chama Bar Okva's interpretation, right? So Rav Chama Bar Okva's interpretation is that when the Mishnah says that if you have a little bit of carbon Pesach left over, you should burn it in your home, not at the base of that's a reference to a balabas. A balabas. So you have a home, you have your own wood, burn the little bit of leftover ultimately in your home. But if someone is an achsenoi, someone is an achsenoi, and they don't have a home, they don't have wood, in all cases, you would, they would just go back to the Beisamekdash and burn it there. So that applies in a case of Karim Pesach, where a person doesn't have a home. It also applies in the case of a person who left Yerushalayim, ultimately, again, with sacrificial meat. And then if he's not too far out and we make him come back, we make him go back to the Beisamekdash, ultimately, again, as a tova to him. This way, he doesn't have to find wood. And he could go ahead and burn the leftover sacrificial meat in front of the base Hamikdash. Beautiful. Tanrabanon Bo the Sarfabachatsara saying Umeatsamaracha in Shomalan. Both listen to this. So now another brace about burning leftover Karim Pesach or Tami Karim Pesach. If they if if the owners of the Pesach wanted to burn the Pesach, so both say let's say either a case of where it became Tame or you have no sar, they want to burn the Pesach in their chatzar, in their courtyard. From the wood of the base Hamikdash, Ein Shomen Lohan. We don't allow that. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. You can't take wood from the Mikdash 
to burn the Pesach in your backyard. That, that you can't do. Similarly, Furthermore, you can't bring your own wood to the Beis HaMikdash and burn the leftover or Tamei Pesach on your own wood. So we'll say, such what the price is saying is like this. There are really two options for disposal of leftover slash Tamei Carbon Pesach. A, Beis HaMikdash with Beis HaMikdash wood, your home with your wood. But you can't bring Beis HaMikdash wood to your home, nor can you take your wood to the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara says, okay, let's analyze. I understand why I can't bring Beis HaMikdash wood to my Chatzar. Because I'm say, what's the concern? It's a very simple concern. I'm going to bring back a stack of wood from the Beis HaMikdash to go ahead and burn my carbon Pesach, which, by the way, technically is fine. Technically is fine. What's the concern? There's going to be extra wood. And what's going to happen? I'm going to use the extra wood to, for my fire, right? To heat my home, for a barbecue the next day. And I will say, that's Mila. That's Mila. So in other words, I want to point out, technically speaking, to go ahead and take base Hamikdash wood to burn leftover or tamay carbon Pesach is technically legal. That's fine. That's, that's not Mila. Because that's actually appropriate usage of temple property. The concern is, I'm going to bring home wood, there's going to be extra wood, and I'm going to use it for something else. That's where the me'ila issue truly sets in. That's why I can't bring Beis HaMikdash to my house. Viela, lefnea, bira, me'atzi, atzma, my time. I'll also listen to this. But why can't I bring my own wood to the Beis HaMikdash? That should seem to be a good idea, right? I'm being mahana the Beis HaMikdash. So why can't I bring my own wood to, to, to the Beis HaMikdash itself, says the Gemara. So both say, this is... Seriously. Right? So the Gemara says as follows. <laughs> so the Gemara says, so what's, what, what, what's, what's the Pshat? So the Pshat over here is in order not to go ahead and embarrass someone who doesn't have. So both say, this is incredible. I gave him Muster. I gave him Muster. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> so, so. So the Gemara says as follows. So I said, this is actually incredible. What, what's the concern? If Reuven ends up bringing wood, right? And Shimon doesn't. So I said, what ends up happening? So I said, it's very interesting. Remember, it's very interesting to see kind of how trends start. So once the trend starts, it becomes the norm. And anyone who can't conform to the norm feels a little bit left out. So what's going to happen? This is incredible. If people begin to bring wood to the Beis HaMikdash, and I both say, again, that's a form of donation. I don't need the Beis HaMikdash to use it. So we'll bring my wood. What's going to happen? Ruvain's going to have. Shimon's not going to have. And suddenly, again, we have Busha. I both say, what you begin to see is absolutely something amazing, which is, in general, Chazal wanted uniformity in communal practices. In other words, we see this. We see this really in two dramatic areas. Number one is death, right? Where again, we saw, remember, remember, it was a number of years ago already, when we saw Meseches Moed Cotton, we saw this concept that in the beginning, rich people would bury their dead, you know, in very elaborate ways, and poor people felt the pressure to put on, you know, five-star levayas. So what ended up happening? They ended up dumping the corpses on the side of the road, right? Because the pressure, the financial pressure to put on a five-star levaya, to mortgage your house for a levaya, for a levaya was just, was just, Two. So Chazal said, everybody buries the same way. Plain linen shroud, 
plain plain wood box, and that's it. There's there's, there's a chachmah. You know, it's interesting. I think there have been many attempts to try to do the same thing for chasanos. Uh, I think in the Hasidic community they have a lot more success with these type of things because it's a much more close to community. But but there, there there's something to be said for establishing a norm in particular areas, not to stamp out individuality. You know, of course, it's nice to can make, but, but certain things where which are public and create social pressures. What a bracha it would be to, to kind of lower the bar a little bit so no one feels an expectation. Again, if you have the means to do it, fantastic. But for the people who don't, there's an incarnation. See, here you see Chazal said, I don't want you, we don't want you bringing your own wood. Don't bring your wood to the base of Mikdash. I, it's a donation. Whoever heard of a Jewish institution refusing a donation, right? The base of Mikdash says, no, thank you. No, 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 thank you. Because if you do that, you're going to create this sense of pressure and then it's going to turn the Beis HaMikdash experience into something that is unpleasant for many. Such an incredible Gemara. So the Gemara says as follows, Rava Amar Rava says, Mipnei HaChashad. Rava said, there's another issue with bringing your own wood to the Beis HaMikdash. This is fascinating. What's the concern? Both say, imagine the scene. I go, right, part of my current Pesach becomes Tameh. I go to the Beis HaMikdash to go ahead and burn the, the piece of Tameh. And I bring my own wood. But then what happens? What happens? I brought too much wood. So what am I going to do with my surplus wood? What am I going to do with it? I'm going to bring it home. It looks like, so what happens when I'm walking out of the Beis HaMikdash with a pile of wood on my shoulder? What does that look like? Somebody sees that. What, what do they automatically assume? It's Beis HaMikdash wood. No one thinks that that's my wood that I brought. I had surplus. They assume that when I'm walking out, I'm walking out of Beis HaMikdash wood. So that's Chashad. It's Chashad. Ultimately, again, I leave myself open to suspicion. So, 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 so again, I want to be clear. Everyone's agreeing you don't bring your own wood to the Beis HaMikdash. The Machlokes is why. So you have Rav Yosef saying, so you shouldn't embarrass someone who doesn't have. You have Rav saying, because we, we don't want anyone to suspect you of uh, pilfering Beis HaMikdash wood. What's the practical difference? We'll say the Nafkamini would be a case of what happens if you bring reeds and twigs. So they don't use reeds and twigs in the Beis HaMikdash. They only use, you know, zantic pieces of wood. So I will say, so if you go with the approach that ultimately there's a chashad, a chashad issue, no one's going to be choshish me of taking Beis HaMikdash wood when I'm walking back with some reeds and twigs because they don't use it in the Beis HaMikdash. You're going to realize, I brought it, I'm taking it home. But if it's an issue of embarrassing those who don't have, that applies even with reeds and twigs. Incredible. Tanan Hossam, Rosh HaMamot, Hayu Mamid, Eshat Tmein, Al-Sharem say this is a great case. So listen to this. Say, the Rosh HaMamot was the person who was in charge of the Ma'amados. Or Rashi says, Ovir HaMamuna Al-Kach. So really, the truth is, Bepashtos, this was the coin who was in charge of the shift of Kohanim. So also remember again, the Kohanim are split up into multiple, multiple Bate Avos or multiple Ma'amados, multiple groups, right? Those groups served a week in the Beis HaMikdash and amongst those groups, each Beis Av, each family served on a different day. So we'll say, so now what would happen if you had particular Kohanim who were supposed to serve in the Beis HaMikdash that day and they became Tameh, let's say the night before, so they weren't able to serve, what would happen? The head Kohen, the Rosh Hamimut, he would go ahead and put the Tmein on the Eastern Gate. The Rosh Hashanah, the Eastern Gate is how everyone entered into the Beis HaMikdash. So he lined up the Tamei Kohanim by the Eastern Gate. My time, Rav Yosef, Kedei Levayshon. Rav Yosef says to embarrass them, to embarrass them. How could it be? You get to serve in the Beis HaMikdash maybe, maybe two days a year and you couldn't be vigilant enough to watch yourself from becoming Tamei? 
We shamed the Kohanim. Tumor shaming. Right? Tumor shaming. We went ahead and we put them on the Shara Mizrach. Everyone should see, look at these guys. Look at these guys. They could not be vigilant enough just for one day to be able to serve in the Beis HaMikdosh. Rav Amar Rav says, no, no, no. It's not Tumor shaming. It's Chashar Abosah. Because what's the concern? The concern is if people see these Kohanim and they're not working in the Mikdosh, people might just think that they're lazy. Right? Ultimately, again, or as Rashi points out, people might say, they didn't want to take a day off of work. This is interesting. They didn't want to take a day off of work. Maybe they have jobs that pay better money. They didn't want to take off a day from work. And that's why they're not showing up for work in the base of Mikdash. Therefore, what do we do? We put them by the Eastern Gate. Everybody should see them walking. And people say, oh, you know, Arna Cohen is not working. Ah, okay, he's tummy. He's tummy. It's not because he didn't want to take off a day from his day, or a day from his day job. He has a better job. So he didn't want to miss work. No, he's tummy. That's why he can't do it. My Ben Abbas was surprised because they've seen these two opinions. Mifanki. Let's say so. Uh, an interesting nafkamini would be a mifunak. Someone is very fastidious. In other words, say, which is, means someone generally who's, do, who's too delicate, who's too delicate to work. So someone is too delicate to work. Halacha Lamaisa, everyone knows that if he's not working in the mikdash, it's not to do other work. So therefore, there wouldn't really be a need to put a guy like this by the eastern gate. Inami the godil shishura. Or a person, his profession is tying ropes, braiding ropes. Braiding ropes, we'll say, was a very unglamorous profession, which paid very little. So if someone had a profession of being a rope braider, no one would suspect them of taking a day off from the avoda in order to go ahead and braid ropes. Okay, we'll say the Marsh is bringing it down because it's another example, ultimately, again, of of the public, of the, of the shaming issues, right? Again, you had Rava saying, we don't want you bringing your own wood to the base HaMikdash in order not to shame someone. The Imara just shows an example over here of shaming someone. They would line up the Kohanim, the Tamei Kohanim by the Eastern Gate, who became Tamei. So that again, when you know that there's a fear of public shaming, again, it causes you to be a bit more vigilant. Same idea, if, you, if your entire Karba Pesach became Tamei, you had to burn it in the Beis HaMikdash, which was a very public thing that people should see that apparently you were not vigilant enough with your carbon Pesach. Good. Says the Mishnah, listen to this. If a Pesach goes out of its approved area, let's say, you take the Pesach outside of Yerushalayim, or Shinitmo, or it becomes Tamei. What's the miyad? You go out and you burn it immediately. But I will say, if the carbon itself is fine, but the owners became Tamei, or for that matter, again, the owners died, to Ubar Tsuraso, the Sarit Bishishasa. So we're going to see that certain times when a carbon has to be burnt, you can burn it immediately. Other times there's what's called to Ubar Tsuraso, which means its form has to change, which is another way of saying, Lina, you leave it overnight. The distinction the Mishnah is going to make is when the carbon itself becomes disqualified, you burn it immediately. When the carbon is fine, but something else precludes its usage or consumption, for example, the owners become tummy or the owners die, then there's lina. You leave it overnight and you burn it the next day. Now, in the case of Karan Pesach, when you say burn it the next day, next day really means what? Not the first day of Pesach, the 15th of Nisan, because you can't burn disqualified Kachim on Yantiv, but rather it means we actually leave it until the 16th, which is effectively the first day of Chalamayid. Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroko Omer, Af Zayi Sarif Miyad, Lefisha in Lochem. Rabbi Yochanan Baroko says, No, 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 even the Karma Pesach, 
where the carbon is fine, but the owners are either tummy or dead, could also be burnt immediately, for there is no one to consume. It says the Gemara Bishlama Tamek Sev. Suppose I understand if Allah Khalamaisa, the carbon becomes tame, you burn it immediately. Because the Pasik says, Va Basrashi Yigabakal Tame, Lo Yochal Baish Yisarif. Because the say the Pasik says the Basik says that if you have meat that that contact that that became tame, lo yeachel, it cannot be consumed by ishi saref. So the Gemara Sabo says, "I understand that." Ella yotze minolan. But how do I know that if I took a carbon outside of its prescribed area, let's say I took the carbon outside of Yushalayim, how do I know that it's burnt as well? So the Gemara says, "Dechsev heilo huva as dama ala kodesh pinima." So we're going to see. This is in the aftermath of the death of Nadav and Avihu, where ultimately again. Or ultimately, again, the chatos that Aaron offered, he immediately burned. So the Gemara, so Rosh Hashanah asks Aaron, "Why did you burn the chatos?" Maybe you didn't bring the blood to the inside. Amr Moshe Aaron, here's the conversation. Why did you not eat the chatos? Why did you Why did you burn it? Maybe you brought the blood of the chatos inside of the Kodesh. The blood of the chatos was supposed to be sprinkled on the outside of his Be'ah, not inside the Kodesh. So maybe you brought the blood out of its prescribed area. That's why you're going to go and burn the chatos. Now, Amr lo lav. So Aaron said, no, I did nothing wrong with the blood service. Amr lo shema chutz Maybe you took the carbon or the dam outside of its prescribed mechitzas. Amr lo lav bakodesh haisa. Then Aaron says, "No, it remained in the kodesh the entire time." Amr lo iba kodesh haisa. Vehe lo huvas dama la kodesh pinima madua lo achal tamosa. So then Moshe says to Aaron, "I don't understand. If ultimately again the carbon was in the kodesh and you did not bring the blood to the kodesh and you didn't take the carbon out, then why did you burn the chatos?" Then I will say, "What do you see from here?" Mechlal di nafka inami ayol dama lifnim basrev. You see from this exchange that Allah lamaisa if the blood is taken out of its prescribed area into somewhere else, either into the Kodesh or outside of the Mishkan, that would be reason to burn the carbon. So from this exchange, you see that whenever a carbon is taken out of its you know, prescribed area, Halacha Lamai said that mandates Sreifa. So Bishlama Nitma Galerechwana Bakachim Kalam Koshikim Kachikadoshim. So I'll say, I understand in a case of that carbon becomes Tameh, the Torah tells us by Kachim Kalam, because the passage we quoted is by Shlamim. Which are kachim kalim. So the Torah tells me that if the karm becomes tame by kachim kalim, it's burned. Certainly that applies to kachim kadoshim. However, el yotze ashkechan kachim kadoshim. Kachim kalim. But I will say with the concept of yotze, namely that if a carbon is taken out of its prescribed area, that it's burned. That's only taught us by a chatos, which is kachim kachim kadoshim. How do you know that the, that the concept also applies to kachim kalim? Vesu. Furthermore, hadisanya. That which we learned, lan dama. So I'll say, if the blood remained overnight, Amud Bey's nishpach dama, or the blood spilled, yatsa dama chutz lekilayim, or if the blood was taken outside of the curtains of the Beis Hamitosh of the Harabais, the kaimalan, the sreifaminalan, how do I know that that blood, and ultimately again, that carbon, is halacha lamaisa subject to sreifa? Nafkalon midi Rabbi Shimon. But say, learn after Rabbi Shimon. What did Rabbi Shimon say? Disanya, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Bakodesh, Baish Tisarif. The Pasik says, in the Kodesh, right? Bakodesh, Eish Tisarif. Limate, Al Chatos, Shesrif, Bakodesh. It teaches me about Chatos, Rabbi Shimon. That if a Chatos, now where do you burn the Chatos? Where do you burn the Chatos? 
Bakodesh. Now we'll say Rashi says over that Bakodesh means the Azara. The Azara, where do you burn the Khatas? You burn the Khatas in the Azara, in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdosh. In the El Azubilvad, I only know that the Khatas is burned in the Azara. Sharp Sule Kotche Kadoshim Beimure Kotchim Kalaminain. How do I know that this doesn't apply to just Khatas, but any time you have an invalidated Kotche Kadoshim? Or sacrificial limbs of Kachim Kalim, how do they also burn in the Azar? Tawalomar, Vachol Bakodesh Baish Tisari. Because the positive will say anything in Kodesh is burnt in the Asian. Now we understand over here that this is a reference to burning it in the Azara. Ashkechon Kachim Kadoshim. I know that this is referring to Kachim Kadoshim. Kachim Kalim Minolan. How do I know that this applies to Kachim Kalim? So, as we will say, I understand that Kachim Kadoshim must be burned inside of the Azara. But how do I know the same concept applies to Kachim Kalim? Elo kol pisulo bakodesh b'sreifa. Rather, I'll say we have a cloud. Anytime you have an invalidated sacrificial item, it is burned. And I'll say, so there's two things we're learning out over here. Anytime that a sacrificial item becomes invalidated, number one, the way you take care of it is with sreifas, with burning it. And number two, the location. Where do I burn it? I burn it in the base of English, in the Azara. Loshna Kachim Kalim, Veloshna Kachim Kadoshim, Gimara Gimirila. We'll say ultimately again, it is a Halachal Moshe Misinai. So Halachal Moshe Misinai, that whenever you have to dispose of a disqualified sacrificial item, it's through Srefa. And number two, ultimately, again, it's done in the Azar, it's done in the Beis HaMikdash. The Chatas Da'arot. So I will say, this is interesting because the truth is, we thought that we learned this out from the episode or the exchange of Moshe and Aaron, because that's what the Gemara was doing on Pei Beis Medalif, Right? The Gemara was talking about, why Aaron? Why did you burn the Chatas? You're supposed to eat the Chatas. Why did you burn the Chatas? And Moshe Aaron begins to ask Aaron a series of questions. Right? Maybe you took the blood out from, maybe you took the blood somewhere it's not supposed to be. Maybe Allah you took the carbon where it's not supposed to be. Which you see from Moshe Rabbeinu's questions that had Aaron indeed taken the blood somewhere it wasn't supposed to be, or taken the meat somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be, or there would have been some other disqualification that would have warranted the burning of the invalidated carbon inside of the base Hamikdash. So that so the Gemara says, but just understand, we don't learn that halacha from the story. The story, the Gemara says, the chatas da Aaron shahaya. That's just the story. I mean, not just the story. But the halacha is not gleaned from there. In other words, we both say there is a halacha l'moshemisina that tells us that whenever you have a, a disqualified sacrificial item, halacha l'moshemisina, you take care of it through srefa, it's burned, and ultimately, again, it's burned in the base hamikdash. That's halacha l'moshemisina. Well, the debei rabba baravua, damra filu pigul ta'un ibor tzura. And both say, listen to this. And according to the Tano, of the Beira Baravua, who said that even Pigol, right? Pigol, I also remember again. Now, what's Pigol? Pigol halacha lemaisa again is when you go out and you shech the carbon, and you have in mind that the carbon should be consumed outside of its permitted window. So I'll say that's Pigol. That's Pigol. So even Pigol isn't burned immediately, but rather Pigol is left overnight. Ton ibutsura minalon. Where do we know that from? So the Gemara says Yalif avon avon minosar. We learn out the Gzer Shavav, Avon, Avon, and Nosar. We'll say, just like Nosar, by definition, is left overnight. So too, again, Pigol, before, right, is left, is left overnight as well. V'neilif, Avon, Avon, Mechatas, Da'aron. Why not learn out Avon, Avon from the Gzer Shavav, Aaron, where, again, the disqualified carbon was burned immediately. The truth is, 
But in a situation like Aaron, which is where what? The Kohanim became, right? Slipped into Aninos, right? They became Oninim. If that were to happen again, in Achinami, they would, they would not have burned that Chatas immediately. They would have left that Chatas overnight as well. But rather, you know, say the circumstances surrounding the Chatas of Aaron were unique. Were unique. But in Achinami, if that situation were to unfold again, the Kohanim were to become Oninim, they would actually leave the carbon overnight. They would not burn it immediately. Bose, this goes back to the principle in the Mishnah. The principle of the Mishnah is as follows. Whenever there is a disqualification in the carbon itself, you burn it immediately. Whenever the disqualification is not in the carbon, but is in who? Is in either the Kohanim or the owners, then there's Tubar Tzura, so we let the form change, which means you leave it overnight. So technically speaking, in a case of Aaron, where the Kohanim became Oninim, the, the carbon was fine. It was the Kohanim who were not. Technically speaking, if, if a Kohanim were to come to ask that child, we say leave it overnight. But in the case of Aaron, it was an exception. That was Harasha, that was something unique. Hashta Darmina Kopsulei de Kodesh. Bisrefa, so we're saying now that we know that any invalidated sacrificial item is, is, is disposed of through burning, Loshna the Kachik Adashim, Loshna Kachim Kalim, Gimara Gimirila. So ultimately, we're saying now that I know that's Halacha Moshe Misinai, namely that any carbon that becomes disqualified is burnt. That is Halacha Moshe Misinai, Bakodesh Baish Tisarif Lamali. Why do I need the phrase? What do I do with the Pasak of Bakodesh Baish Tisarif? So the Marsa Homi Baile Shisrefasa Bakodesh. That teaches me about say so bakodesh So remember again, the Moshe Misina apparently by itself only teaches me that invalidated sacrificial items are burnt. What doesn't it teach me? What doesn't it teach me? Where the pasuk of bakodesh tisarif ultimately teaches me that the sreifa itself takes place in the kodesh in the base amitosh. Ba'abasa sheiga b'choltami lo yochal lo yachel ba'ish tisarif lamali. So we'll say, what do I do with the pasuk? That sacrificial which comes invalidated is burnt. What do I need the pasuk for? I need this pasuk for itself. What does what that mean? I will say. Because I might have thought, first white line, ko'psu any type of psul, like for example, the blood was left overnight, the blood was spilled, the blood was taken out out of this prescribed area, shechita was done by night. These are the type of validations which warrant the burning of the carbon. Why? Because they don't apply by unconsecrated animals. Aval nitma debechulin nami mifsal. But I will say, let's say when it comes to tuma, now tuma applies to chulin also. What do you mean tuma applies to chulin? If a tummy animal, right? If a, if a chulin animal becomes tummy, it can't be offered up as a carbon. So tuma does apply to chulin. Ema hoilvis avid be uvdin dechol ema loti baisreva betiskile bikvura. I would have thought that I will say that what's the type of invalidation? Which halacha warrants the burning of a disqualified carbon? What, what type of disqualification that requires, that mandates the burning of the carbon? Only a type of disqualification that's unique to carbonos. But if you have a type of disqualification that applies to non consecrated animals as well, perhaps it shouldn't require sreifa, but kavura, burying it is enough. Kamash malono. Kamash malono say that any type of disqualification ultimately warrants burning. 
in the base of So both say, what comes out over here is as follows, that halacha l'maysa, there is a halacha l'moshe misinai, that any time there is a disqualification in the carbon, the way we deal with the carbon is, the carbon is burnt. It's burned. Where does the Srefa take place? The Srefa takes place by Kodesh in the Azara of the Beis Hamikdash. Good. Let's go back to Nitmu Habailim Osha Mesu Tubatras. And Shabbos, remember again. So, case number one in the Mishnah was there was a there was a deficiency in the carbon itself. The carbon became tame. Right? Case number two is the carbon is fine. Something happened with the owners, right? The owners died or the owners became Tamean. So what do you do with the carbon? You leave it overnight and you burn it the next day. As we pointed out, next day doesn't literally mean next day, but rather next day for current purpose. Pesach purposes means actually two days later, the first day of Chalamai. Says the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Yosef, Machlokes Shenitmu by Achazrika. So we'll say, so remember again, then in the Mishnah, the Mishnah then quoted the opinion of Yochanan and Baroka. Rabbi Yochanan Baroka said, no, when the owners became tame or the owners died, you could actually go ahead and burn the carbon immediately. So Tanakama says, we wait to burn the carbon until the first day Chalamayid. Rabbi Yochanan Baroka says, we burn it immediately. So it says the Gemara, Am Rabbi Yosef, Machlokes, Shinit Mubailam Achazrika. The Machlokes in Rabbi Yochanan Baroka and Rabbanon is only when the owners became tame after the Zrika. Because we'll say ultimately, again, since the owners only became Tami after Zrika, interestingly enough, the carbon was fit, right? The carbon worked. It worked because Allah Chalamaisa, the Zrika occurred. But if the owners became Tami before Zrika, the meat was never fit for consumption. Everyone agrees that Allah say you should burn the carbon immediately. So we'll say this is very interesting. So Rabbi Yosef positing that the Machlokis Rabbanon and Tanakama, or I should say Tanakama and, and Rabbi Yochanan and Baroka, is only when the owners became Tameh after Zrika. So they became Tameh after Zrika, which means the carbon Pesach was fit, was fit for consumption at some point in time. The, Rabban, the Tanakama will say, leave it till tomorrow to burn it. Rabbi Yochanan and Baroka will say you could burn it right now. However, again, if... If halacha lamaisa, the owners became tummy before this riga, everyone agrees that halacha lamaisa, you could go ahead and burn it right now. Since essentially the carbon was never fit. Rashi says, or I take a quick look at Machlokis. It's the fourth white line in Rashi. Machlokis of Nez Riga. Hasam Palak Rabbi Yochanan Morocco, the Chashiv Le Psula Begufo. So it's very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan Morocco will say, when the owners become tummy before this riga, that's considered to be like a disqualification in the carbon itself. That's why you could burn it immediately. The Tanakama Sabar, Mikomakom Lobop Psulza Elamachmas Dabar Acher. So we'll say the Tanakama holds that no, when the owners become tummy, it doesn't matter before Zrika, after Zrika, Allah Lamaisa, well, that's what we thought. Allah Lamaisa, the Psul is in the owners. Okay, so Mesfei, Simari Zakasha, Mesfei Zaklal. So listen to the cloud. The cloud is any time that there is an invalidation in the carbon itself, the carbon is burned immediately. However, if there's a disqualification in the blood, you spilled the blood, you left the blood overnight, or a disqualification in the owners, so leave it overnight, Katani bailim dumya dedam. So we'll say the Bryce is equating bailim to dam. Ma dam lifnei zrika. Just like the psul in the dam is before zrika. Af bailim lifnei zrika. So too, again, the disqualification of the owners is also before zrika. 
Rather, again, if you can, this is what you have to say. The machlokis is when the owners became tummy before zriga. And therefore, again, it's treated like it's a psul begufo. So we'll say that's what is a machlokis. If the bailim become invalidated before zriga, then Rabbi Yochanan and Morocco will say burn it immediately. It's like there's an invalidation of the carbon. Tanakhama will say no, that's an invalidation of the owners. But if the owners became tame ultimately again after Zriga, where again I will say the meat became fit, everyone will agree that you leave the carbon overnight and burn it the next day. So we'll stop over here. But again, what the Gemara is ending off with over here is the nature of the Machlokes of Yochum of and Tanakam is as follows. If the the machlokis is when the invalidation in the carbon, or I should say when the owners became Tomei before Zerika. But if Halacha Lamaisa, right, um, I'm sorry, yes, the machlokis is when they became Tomei before Zerika. Because again, Rabbi Yochanan Mabrak will teach that, will look at that as a psul in the guf of the carbon, and the Rabbana will look at it as a psul ultimately again. In, in the owners. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan Memorok will allow for immediate incineration. The Rabbana will hold that Allah Chalamaisa, you have to go out and wait until the next day. But if the psul occurred after Zrika, where the meat was sacrificially fit for consumption, then Allah Chalamaisa, again, everyone will agree that that's called the psul machmas davar acher. The psul becomes as a result of something else, and you have to wait until the next morning to burn the car. We'll continue with this concept in Mirza Hashem tomorrow.